Hello and welcome to the IDK My BFF Jill podcast. I'm your host Jill and I don't know Jack, but not for real. I'm here to learn more about life by being curious about others and being vulnerable about myself. I'm talking to people from all walks of my life because despite the world being big, we all know it's also very small and you never know when that gem will be dropped that will allow you to grow. So let's go. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome or welcome back to my yet to be titled podcast. I still don't have a title. So in case you come up with something on this call, let me know. But (laughs) thanks for coming back or welcome. Uh, This untitled podcast is my personal project and endeavor into being curious on purpose, building a habit of curiosity and, and staying creative and having conversations with people who are also amazing, wonderful, creative people. And today I have a friend of mine named Robin. Robin, thank you for joining me today. What's up? Robin and I, I'm try- I was trying to think before this. Um, I'm pretty sure we know each other through Joanne, our, our mutual friend, Joanne. But also uh, like the Houston right? community is kind of like small, right? The Houston yeah, I mean, community. I grew up knowing a lot of staff here people. Yes. So. <laughs> we, we've known of each other for a really long time now when you think about it. Yeah, I honestly don't even remember like, Cause we're like in our thirties now. So yeah. it was really like, I don't know, before college, maybe yeah. like high school. Yeah, for sure. Like maybe senior, junior, senior year. I've known Joanne a real long time too. Shout out to her. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a little fuzzy, but definitely like that realm of like, I maybe even like dance and Filipino mm-hmm. culture and all that. So for sure. Uh, yeah, uh, shout out to was like the, the extravaganza shows. Yeah. <laughs> shout out Joanne, shout out X show, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Um, it, I know what you mean by it's blurry, it's fuzzy. It's been a long time, and I don't remember the first moment that we met. Yeah, you know, yeah. at all. But I, also- I, I typically can tell people the day, and like I'm usually that person, be like, oh, we met here. You were wearing this, but as I've gotten older, it's gotten a little bit tougher. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting more and more blurry yeah, yeah, yeah. The go by um so that's how we know each other and then we recently kind of reconnected because when I was in Houston for a little bit and I had my first art show I reached out to you at Joanne's suggestion um yeah. to to collaborate she was the photographer wonderfully graciously did that <laughs> for my first art show which is crazy to think that that was almost like it was December of 2020 and now it's March yeah, yeah it feels much longer though so that's like what going on three years now Mm-hmm. Oh, like two and a half or whatever mm-hmm. but that was such a fun um time I mean it's crazy to think it was still 2020 mm-hmm. but yo you did the damn thing though <laughs> I appreciate it was, what the hell? it was cool to see and just witness honestly and see uh see someone pick up something fairly new and then just go all out and do a whole thing it takes sometimes artists years to do something like what you pulled off so I commend you for the way that you uh, just kind of like did it, let alone in 2020. And uh, I mean, I was there the whole time and I mean, it was super successful from my perspective. (laughs) Oh, thank you for that. It is, it is crazy to think that it was like still kind of super COVID times. Um, You know, we had masks and all that, all the safety protocol. My, my, my gift at the event was um, hand sanitizer with my art on it. If you remember. I, take a, yeah. I, take a <laughs> I still got a whole box. Um, 
but that's yeah it was a lot I, I produced a lot in a short amount of time and um we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to that later but I want to talk about you because you know we we kind of reconnected in that way and through that event that I had and and collaborating in our both of our artistry this is why I love art by the way and photography <laughs> yeah for sure bringing back people together collaborating yeah just I mean you know it, it pays to I guess have a skill or like a service you can offer people mm-hmm. and it allows you the opportunity to reconnect with with folks. Mm-hmm. So I've always been uh, grateful for that. So since we reconnected, I started. You started popping up on my Instagram feed even more. You know because the <laughs> algorithm, the algorithms be doing that. Yeah. Um, and something that I noticed was that you would post and repost a lot of stuff that was focused on like growth and like yeah. self care. And I was like, okay, she's going through some kind of personal journey too of some sort, yeah. kind of like a transformation. Right. I mean, are we always like? for life (laughs) life. big facts but not everybody's posting you know it's true not everyone's posting about it and um I just wanted to ask my first question was just kind of like what have you I went through a really major personal shift that was like me right that whole type a to type artist thing that I discussed with my girlfriend yeah yeah. um which brought in a whole new sense of like self-care and rituals and things to ground me which you know I think a lot a a lot of the time in our Filipino culture and community we don't talk about rest we don't talk about all that kind of stuff oh yeah yeah what have you been on some kind of intentional personal growth journey and through that what are some things that you like what are some rituals or self-care practices that you find really helpful for you you know growing up it's like it's always something you know like something goes wrong things so many things just don't go as a like according to plan so I think from a really young age I've always learned to kind of have to adjust or start over and so I can't like pinpoint I mean I can but in that like it's always something right it's Mm -hmm. it's it's like and then you as you get older from like teenage like as a teenager to college and as a young adult and and now we're in our 30s I'm sure in my 50s and like you know god willing like you know I make it there it's like it's always gonna be some shit (laughs) really and uh I've just kind of learned to adjust and be okay with like the problems and like you know that quote is like death and taxes is the only thing getting like guaranteed it's like I've just kind of learned to always adjust and Mm -hmm. so uh I mean and because of that I don't know like I just feel like I've had to find ways to learn how to adjust to those setbacks, to those mm-hmm. disappointments, to just life. <laughs> and so in terms of self-care, uh, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm still, I'm still trying to build a routine for myself to, mm-hmm. to keep and like, uh, I am going through a big transition right now in that, uh, I'm trying to plan for a huge move. I don't know when this is going to air, but like I'm pretty open about it to most people, even online and saying like, I'm trying to move uh, to California. Nice. And so uh, that's like a big transition for me uh, growing up and only living in Texas, specifically in Houston. And so I, I like, I don't have to, you know, most of my family's here, most of my close friends and, you know, a lot of times when you uh people will be like well, you know why it's like so much more expensive yada yada blase blase and mm-hmm. I'm like it's like you either support it or you understand it or you don't which is fine you know and me I know like why I need to and and just I'm ready for something different and 
uh, ready for like a new adventure and to, to be out of my comfort zone. And because uh, that's where the growth happens. Yeah, yeah, like I'm too comfortable here because mm -hmm. I know Houston so well. And mm -hmm. um, which is what I mean later we can talk about like because I know you've moved a lot as well. Mm -hmm. And so I'd be I'd like to like hear a little bit about that. But to come back, so with like self care and stuff, uh, I've always been better about uh, knowing how to, uh, I guess how to how to take care of like the mental part more versus like the physical i'm I'm still like getting better at the physical part in terms of like even and i'm i'm like a hypocrite so don't was the don't do as i i don't do, do as i say don't do as i do do as i say yeah yeah yeah. And, uh, yeah it's like i'm a physical therapist right by like that's my career and i make people work out all the time and yeah. so when you do that all day and you come home and then I do other stuff. I do, I'm a photographer. I do vintage. Um, I do a lot of different things, right? And you're like, man, I need to be doing stuff too, but I hate the gym. Like I hate traditional exercise. And so like, I'd rather, I grew up playing sports. So it's like, I need to find activities that are uh, more functional without having to do the whole ex like typical exercise. So I'm like, I I'm totally hypocrite, but like I said, <laughs> It, it's I'm trying I'm trying to do better and like I mean even eating better and stuff and sleep and all that I mean those are the main three things people usually tell you like it's like you know but you still struggle with it and that it's it's sleep your nutrition and your physical exercise right though if you can take care of those three things that can change your life drastically and so you try and you know I'm I'm, I'm working at it I'm just such a natural like um night person like mm -hmm. and so um, a lot of the things that I do, especially within vintage and like doing a live, um, like going live on Instagram, a lot of that takes place, take place, takes place late at night. Yeah. And so it's, it's tough. And then I, I would do concerts that's like late too. And then I do the healthcare thing and that's like all day. And like, I would drive like my, for the past like three years, my job was doing home health. And so mm -hmm. I would drive to patients' homes across Houston and Houston traffic is trash. And so I would drive mad far too, like 50 plus miles. And so, man, by the time I get home, I'm just done. And so I felt like I was doing a lot, but even then I knew I could do it better. And so, you know, like you, you kind of know those things and you try, but I realized too, I feel like, and you know, this is just for me, um, I feel like I need to be somewhere in a like a different environment to that's more conducive to the things that I want to do if that makes sense and so it's tough especially when you you know I, I love my family in frontier too and it's it's tough sometimes when you feel certain obligations or even like certain ties to your people where it's like you want to do something but if you're asked to do things or expected to be in certain places then it gets challenging right mm -hmm. and so uh there's a lot of just different things but yeah with self-care like my, my in terms of like my mental yeah I'm I was just, gonna ask because I feel sorry once I get like you know I feel like you're like I'm better at the mental stuff I'm like well I feel like that's what most people struggle the most with so <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're like the yeah yeah which is kind of funny so like I don't know and that, that ties into like growing up in like my faith and just mm -hmm. um I felt like it was one of the few things I could control, you know, mm -hmm. I guess. And, and that, I mean, it helps to like 
um, to be around the right people. I think that's helped me tremendously. And people who I owe, like the way they would think and the way they would handle life and just with such grace. And it would inspire me to to take on the same perspective. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I mean, I, I'm really a, a reflection of, of, of my closer friends in the way that they operate. I think too, it helps too, is that because of my job, so I work in, in healthcare, right? Mm-hmm. My primary uh, patient population is geriatrics. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm typically working with people uh, respectfully much older than me, right? Mm-hmm. So these are people who are retired and like way over their, uh, a lot of times way over their 60s. And so I think something when you're working with people who are in such a vulnerable state, whether it's by like, an injury or some type of uh, health condition, right? It really humbles you and it really teaches you how to be grateful for the things that you have and who you are. And so I think that's part of it too. It's kind of like, how can I really complain about this stuff when, you know, I have, I know people who, uh, man, like they can't even get out of bed, you know, and it's, it, it really change it changes how you look at life. And so I think that too, I've kind of let, learned to let like, most like little things just kind of like go over like you can feel those things you should never be numb to it like and so I've just kind of really learned how to sit with my myself and really like I've always looked inward versus like I think because when I was younger of course this is high school really just being like oh it's because you know my family was like this growing up and like you know I had these type of problems and this type of you know uh, struggles and it was it's just so easy to blame your circumstances but right. then you get older and there's it's like 20 years later it's like you you can only depending on what you went through like you can only uh I don't want to say play the victim mindset for so long you know what I'm saying and so of course there are some things that are obviously a lot more dramatic but like at least for me I'm like okay like you can't keep blaming that thing that happened to you when you were younger bring it to where you are now you know what i'm saying so you're gonna be stuck there forever yeah and it's just like i've really i've really um yeah like i've just kind of learned to protect this because i think that's the most important thing i mean of course you're physical too but my mind was always like peace of mind was something that i really fought for and Mm -hmm. uh is what i prioritize more than like any relationship whether it's close family or friends like I have to be at peace with myself and who I am what I did and what I didn't do how I showed up how I didn't show up and so I've just really learned to uh be okay more than okay and love love where I'm at through my flaws through my shortcomings and just kind of learn to operate and move through the world with a peace of mind as my priority and that's like that took a lot of years but it it all the different things that I do and the people that I meet. That's why I love meeting people and having these conversations because I learned so much through other people's stories and of course my own as well. But it's <laughs> I feel like when you really are able to have conversations like these with different types of people from all walks of life, it, it really uh, allows you to see the world differently. And And for me, I'm able to just walk through the world I just, I think with more patience and just with more hope and like with more love and understanding and just kind of like most things is like, I, it's it's hard to hate on things or 
or on people if if you get to know them up close and and uh I just learned so much through other people so like my patients like I said when when you when they share stories about their lives and what they go through and what they've been through I can't even imagine you know like some of the things and so yeah I just kind of I think yeah my job people I meet my faith and like my friends like all of it and then like I constantly read I constantly like listen to podcasts and stuff and I mean you know I do like do a lot of like read a lot of like, self-help stuff but really that can only carry you so far too you have to practice those things but it's like they're allowed they're I'm so grateful for people like you know like Brene Brown and like yeah. other writers and um gosh so many uh that their way their the way that they're able to do their storytelling and uh put a language to their experiences it really helps me figure out things for myself eternally oh. internally and so uh yeah I think uh there's a lot of things but definitely things like this though for yeah. sure I couldn't agree with you more. Also, I am just like inspired. I know that's kind of all over the place. <laughs> no, 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 I got it. It's in my head. I'm really inspired. You, you know, I think what's interesting is like the juxtaposition between your day job, which is focused on the physical and yeah. then your personal life where you're focusing so much more on the mental. So you've got this, ba- like I wouldn't, balance is the word, but like, you know, you have the two worlds at, at present at all times. I really admire the way that you've made it a, uh, a priority to like sit with yourself and to be comfortable with your feelings and to make your your peace the number one priority. I am this is part of the reason I even started this podcast is because I did not sit with myself. I did not ask questions, all of those things. And you're absolutely right in that we learn the most from other people. And when I was going through my personal journey, reading books, right? Self-help books was like, oh shit, like let me that's a good question. How do I feel about that? Um, people relate to other people. So having these kinds of conversations, it, you might drop a gem in there and you don't even realize that that gem which for you is so normal is like mind blowing to another person to your point about like Brene Brown and those kinds of people whose storytelling can give the language to their experiences that's what I'm trying to do like yeah. by talking to people I'm like oh shit you you feel like that too or like what is that called because mm-hmm. to a certain extent I am so young and naive in the like personal journey because I've been so external for for so long um, and I really love that you said, you know, you are uh, a function or a, a, the people around you, because that's 100% true. That's why you got to keep your your close circle you really tight, because you are a reflection of them, your closest five friends. And you got to yeah. keep the right people who also have the same mindset and intentions. Of course, we're all different, right? We all have different avenues for yeah. work and all that kind of stuff. But if you're not around people who don't also value conversation and growth and, um, you know, learning from mistakes and all that kind of stuff, then you're not going to value those things. They're just going to bring you down. Yeah. So, um, I also, we can talk about moving some more, but that's very exciting because, you know, I'm like, I'm a master at moving. Um, and there is nothing better for a person than getting out of their home. Yeah. Like you will learn 10,000, 10,000 things about yourself that you didn't realize you needed to know. And I, it's so interesting. Actually, I want to ask, I feel like this is a, issue with people in Houston is that they're very comfortable there and they don't want to leave and they don't want change and they're okay with it and that's that's my that's my feeling of a lot of people in the area and you and we can't like it's like if that works for you yes, that works absolutely for you, yeah. my, to say like you're not being challenged it's just not for me anymore yeah. And it's like, maybe you're finding your challenge in different ways and you generally love your life and it's like 
yo, that's for you. And like, I just think that my path is, is, is leading me elsewhere because of the things that I want. And I just think that, and it, it's hard to say it without feeling like you're um, not appreciative of your hometown or maybe even like, is like, cause most of my people are here and some of them have left, but it's in that my whole family is that is pretty much here. Like my mom, like my cousins, my, my, you know, my aunties, my uncles, everyone. Right. But, and it's like, yo, I'm a Houston girl through and through for right. sure. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like it's kind of like when you're at a job and you feel like you're really good at your job. And this, I could talk about this with work too, where I've never stayed at a, at a, a job for like more than two years. Mm-hmm. And and not even because I couldn't keep the job. It was either I was forced from the job for whatever reason, or like, uh, you know, the job closed shop, which is what, or like what happened to me in October, I got laid off because our company just decided to close shop. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, or I, you just, you get, you get good at a thing. And then I get bored. Cause I'm like, all right, I kind of like mastered it in a sense in that, all right, I'm ready for something different. And so, and it's, it's common in healthcare to jump. Like, I, I know I'm not the only one because I've talked with coworkers who have been in the game longer than me and be like, you either the type of person to stay where you're at and depending on your situation, because you need the help, the, the health benefits for your family. And then, uh, or you're someone who likes to just jump around. <laughs> and it's just because you like the challenge, you like adjusting to something new and you like to keep like honing your skills in different places and what's cool about the healthcare field is that is just there's so many different ways you can be a therapist and so uh which I think is cool and versus just and that's how I I kind of like stay fresh like and like all right let's try this let's try this and uh same thing with photography there's so many different fields and um I think just I mean I feel like in a, a lot of careers I'm sure there's a lot of ways you can do what you're doing well, let's talk about photography a little bit. So we talked, you know, you you do PT as kind of like, I hate to say the day job or whatever, but you know, there's like, that, there's that one part of you, but then you also have photography, which is yeah. a beautiful, beautiful art. I am, I'm inspired by you. Um, <laughs> tell you. me a little, tell me how that photography journey started for you. Were you like a little kid and you were into the Polaroid camera or in high sure. school? I mean, I grew up a nineties kid, so I definitely was shooting, um, with a film camera and, uh, back then you just kind of felt like it was normal, especially having parents who constantly took pictures. And uh, I took pictures in, as far as I remember, it's middle school, high school. I wish I had, I know those pictures are somewhere in like my mom's garage, but I have, I would take a lot of pictures. Yeah. And like on my phone, we didn't have the best phones back then, obviously, but you could still take them in like videos. And uh I wish I could get some of that stuff right now to like just revisit, but uh, yeah, I always took pictures and I always found it had an interest in it. My mom went to art school and even if she didn't uh, follow through with that because she doesn't do art at all, she finds other ways to be creative, whether it's in like interior design at the house or um, just like little ways. And I've always uh, admired how creative she is I think I get that a lot of that from her mm-hmm. and so I think too that's why she loves to see me like explore my creative side and really do it because she didn't really get the chance to and so uh, I mean it's just crazy to me too, that you even said that your mom went to art school because I feel like for Philipp- our parents generation um, oh, my mom's different yo but she worked in like like my mom's like no one in my family too is even like a nurse which is funny what? <laughs> 
mean, I have second cousins. Sure, sure, sure. But not like, in your immediate family. Nah, no, nah, we're di- like they hired nurses because we had a home health. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, they were like lawyers and and teachers and educators. Oh, yeah. and, um, uh, my mom, my mom, right now she does like insurance stuff, but she's passionate about helping people in like community and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, physical other physical therapists. My shout out to my my godmother and my my aunt uh she's probably the, one of the main reasons why i became a therapist in the first place but uh yeah no no what, one, was, your, uh, what was your mom's art medium um so she she did a lot of uh she did a few things um she did acrylics she did um pastels she did i mean she took photography classes i've seen her sketchbooks from the philippines they're so dope and she's very talented. When I was in in elementary school, she used to help me with my art projects. Yeah. And so, uh, she, like my mom's got skill for real, and uh, she'd paint and like, uh, like color pencil. Like she'd do it all. Uh, so I know it's funny when I tell people. It's it's kind of like oh okay, and like this in the Philippines. And that's uh, that's, that's even wilder that it was in the Philippines. Yeah, that's why I really feel like. And she always, I remember growing up, she always wanted to have like a space where she could do art. Mm-hmm. And she just, you know, she depended on her business, like being a mom. And so um, you I, get I think some of that artistry from her. I feel like maybe internally too, that's part, part, part of the reason why I really prioritize, like, I don't know if it's just like in my DNA, but I really feel like I almost owe it to her and to myself to really do that because uh, my mom didn't get to. And oh. so, um, yeah. Uh, but for, in terms of pictures, yeah, I always take pictures. And then like phones got better too. Always took pictures on phones. And then uh, I always felt like a camera is expensive. I mean, it was. And so I didn't really, aside from film, like digital cameras, I always thought they were cool, but I never really, uh, I guess, cared enough to go and buy one. It wasn't like a priority for me because we had phones. Right. And so... Um, oh, and then like I think eventually when uh, when Canon's like power shot cameras became popular, mm-hmm. like you take pictures on those. But like a like a true camera, like a DSLR, yo, I didn't even get until my late twenties, wow. and even then I was done with PTA school. And even then I didn't want to spend on it. Like I had my tita, who's a physical therapist. She had a really old, uh, like the first version of a Canon Rebel, like the T Rebel series. Mm-hmm. and she just let me borrow hers and I would explore with that I bought like a 50 millimeter 1.8 lens um and uh that's like your basic like starter prime lens mm-hmm. and I would just play around to learn how to use it and then eventually um when I was you know I'd, I'd mastered that I had given her her camera back and then I invested in a uh a, a used camera at Houston Camera Exchange and then started playing around with that and like I had more time because I was finally done with PTA school I was with um one of my homies who uh uh I I used to see a little bit more he was starting his photography journey and so he was one of the people too who was like you know because I would take pictures and I would think they were good but it wasn't until like he's like yo these are like these are like dope shots he's like you know why don't you should definitely look into getting a camera and and he was one of the first people to be like you know what's like kind of what's stopping you yeah. and to make you think like yeah what what really is like stopping me versus someone being like oh that's cool when you tell them you're exploring something 
and just being like, oh yeah, you should do that. But to really ask me like, what's stopping you? That really kind of was the turning point of like, I should just do it. And so I shouldn't let money be a thing or like fear or time, like you just gotta do it. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, got a camera and then, you know, you play around and that's like that exploration phase and you're the learning curve, like Fun. looking back, man, I remember it took me, oh man, I remember being in my mom's house in my old room. Oh man, it took me like 15 minutes just to get proper exposure of a photo. And I laugh now because I can do that in seconds. Right. But it's it just like learning it. And I remember falling in love with the process. And uh, yeah, you, you uh, I go meet up with my friends and be like, hey, do you want to like hang out? And like, I'll take pictures of them. And sometimes every now and then I look back at my earliest work of my friends and it's such a, I was like, yo, these are like, actually pretty good <laughs> and like <laughs> and you're like they're yeah. so pure in the sense of like they're just these great photos of my friends and that were better than any camera phone and I really enjoyed them and then you know it just it just kind of I was just c- carrying my camera with me all the time my friends got used to it and I would still take pictures on my phone too and phones got better but I really enjoy actually like iPhone pictures a lot uh and uh yeah uh and now you do a lot of like concert photography so like after a couple years I once I was more comfortable with a camera so I've always enjoyed concerts like Mm -hmm. I've gone to concerts by myself even since like my early 20s and so I I spent so much money on concerts and then when I was really getting into photography I didn't have as there was a point where I didn't have as much money and I just didn't want to have to spend on concerts anymore and so I started looking into concert photography I was like is there a way where I can be at these shows and not pay for the show and like I think photography can I like oh it'd be cool to take pictures of bands and stuff and see what that's like I remember like researching how to do that stuff and it just felt so unattainable for me and then uh one of my first opportunities I got a shout out my homie uh JJ Zavala yeah he like provided some like big opportunities for me in the beginning of my like photo journey career especially with like live events Mm -hmm. and so he's a DJ and he had this opportunity to do this huge like silent disco event during Christmas in the I want to say like it was around the winter of like 2018 maybe Mm -hmm. 2017 2018 something like that and uh he asked me to be his photographer for the vet and so we go to uh back then it was like revention but now it's like bio music center so it's a fairly big music venue here in houston and uh he was one of the one of the three main djs and so he's on stage like big production super cool event like silent disco and uh yeah I was his photographer and I got to like be on stage go back you know they had like even like a VIP room for all the guests and their people and it was just such a cool experience and I remember like yo this is so (laughs) you know and it's like my friend I'm like here and taking photos it was definitely like out of my element but I was learning and uh it was so fun and then fast forward, um, maybe like a year later, I think it was like a year later, um, the first Astro Road happened. So mm-hmm. the Travis Scott Festival. 
And again, he um, provided me with the opportunity to, to shoot for a great day Houston. And so I had the access to go do that. And which is crazy because that was really like my first uh, show at all. That's amazing. That that being it's, your first show. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, and it's, it's, it's crazy. And it was like such a huge one at the time. And it was such a big deal. And for it to be in Houston, like, you know, I was super grateful. And honestly, I didn't know what I was doing. What I, so I, the moment I got the okay, I remember like the approval, it was literally a couple of days. This was in November. It was like right before Thanksgiving. And I remember it was like two or three days before the event. And I still had a, uh, a crop sensor type of camera. So I upgraded my camera literally the next day. I had whatever money I had, maybe like, I, I don't even remember, like maybe oh, a thousand bucks at the most. I was trying to upgrade to a full frame camera just wow. because I knew that I needed that to uh, to take better shots. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I traded in my camera at Houston Camera Exchange. I pretty much got a good deal on a Canon 60, which I still have today. And that that camera, it wasn't even my first choice, but it was what I could, it was the best, it was the best option for the money, for my budget. Yeah. I got that, I upgraded my lens. I pretty much, um, I don't even think I spent, I think maybe I even spent like eight, eight fifty, but cause I think with the lens too, it was all like basically like a thousand, but that, that, that camera more than has been like paid over in that with all the gigs that I've gotten to do with that thing. But I remember thinking like, oh my God, it's so crazy. I remember pulling up to that place and I had another friend who was also there uh, shooting as well. And we kind of stuck together. Shout out to my homie, Steven. And uh, it was just so crazy. Like I had no idea what I was doing, but I was going to, you know, make people see that I was meant to be there right. and just figure it out, you know, fake it to make it type thing. And mm-hmm. it was so fun. Um yeah, I, I mean, I look back, I would have done things a little differently, but considering it was my first real big thing and I look at those photos, those photos is really what kind of also provided my initial uh, portfolio to yeah. get in the door to other shows that I did on my own. Sure. And so, cause after that, I started uh, the following like spring, summer, I started uh, basically emailing everyone and their mom. And I like reached out to outlets, publications, artists, managers like everyone like my email game was strong and like <laughs> we get a lot of no's or no replies but I would also get yeses and it would just right. keep it would just keep building and I was working all these different shows for artists for free I was like can I just like get a um basically a, a pass to the show and like a photo pass and then you can just take the photos no charge you know I just want the you know ex- the exposure and the experience and uh the experience yeah, just you reach out, you reach out, reach out and you get better at it. And I would do that after like my physical therapy stuff. And then I started uh, volunteering at venues too and uh, doing street teams and as a way to make connections to different venues. And that's another way to get uh, a tip too is if you want to go to free concerts, look into the venues and see if they have a, a volunteer uh, uh, based uh street team group and that's a way to help promote for the venue and then you basically like pass out flyers and help spread the word on shows and that's how you're able to earn um yeah. access to tickets Hot and tip. So, Hot yeah tip. so i would do that with yes yeah, it's, it's been around for a while and you know depending what city most big most uh 
big cities have that, but I would do that. And I was like making connections everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, that's basically like how I came up and uh, I would meet people and, and, and uh, continue to network. And uh, it got to a point now where, I mean, I don't, I've, I've actually stepped away from it recently because uh, I'm doing a lot of different things, but uh, man, I'm super grateful. I, you know, to so many people uh, who have allowed me the opportunity to work, whether it was taking photos. And then also I had to learn how to write because mm. that was a requirement for cer certain publications. So that was totally out of my comfort zone. But if it was what was going to get me in to be part of the group, I was willing to try it out. And so then I, and then I learned to kind of enjoy it. So now I, I, every now and then I do concert reviews with the, as well as the photography. Nice. So I learned to find my voice in writing and get better as a writer. And, and I have um, some articles, you know, I'm proud of. And like, uh, it's, I, I didn't even get paid for it, you know, and I just enjoyed it. And so I'm sure I'll pick that up again later on too. But uh, yeah, man, for those years between like 2018 until now, like so much has happened. And I mean, honestly, 2020 would have been crazy too because I had so many things lined up, but you know, it, it didn't happen. And uh, the universe said, slow down for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in that, like I was able to pick it back up. And I mean, it's kind of crazy to, to, to know, like looking back, what I had to do on my own to even get into the door of certain places or even get some type of um, like info or response. And like now, if I want to do a show, I don't even have to request anymore. I just have to tell like my editors or whoever it is mm -hmm. and be like, hey, can you request for me? And sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. But it's so different from like when I first started and the time I was putting in, like now I can get paid sometimes or like I pretty much, again, I've mastered it. So yeah. like with me moving to a different city hopefully I want to uh, start over and see yeah. what I can create there and and like not be afraid to start over because that was another reason why I was scared to leave is because I didn't want to lose all the connections I had made here right. because they were local right. and so it doesn't mean it would carry me to the other place and I was like you know if you really know what you're doing whether it's it's uh whatever skill set you have you really won't know unless you've like been stripped of it and like you were willing to start over and that can show you how much you really know what you know you know what I mean and oh, so sure. that makes a hundred percent sense and I think that oh I, I I wrote so many things down while you were talking um, <laughs> because I I did debate when I was in high school so it's you always like you're thinking about you're listening you're writing notes so that you can come back to it um, I want to point out like I love how much you live with gratitude Oh yeah. Throughout this whole process, you're like, shout out this person, shout out this person. I wouldn't be there without the, that person. So I think a lesson for everyone listening is like, you know, stay in gratitude. I think that that's, that's right. everything level. really, it, it'll really change your perspective. I think on a lot of things and yeah. uh, most things really. And I always, at the end of the day, make sure I'm, that's like when I first wake up and before I go to sleep is being in a, in a, in a, uh, a mindset of gratitude because Man, there's just so much, <laughs> yeah. For all the things that go wrong, I'm way more grateful for the things that go right, you know, and what I have. Um, and I, the other, the other thing that I heard when you were talking was like, I really admire how you push past the fear. You recognize what that fear might be and it manifests in different ways. Maybe it's putting the money into a camera or wanting to move, but you're pushing past it. Oh, yeah. So kudos on that. And also I think one of the lessons I learned too from listening to you is like, 
you got to invest in yourself. That one thousand oh. dollar camera, which was like hella, you know, in the time, like you said, yeah. it's paid over ten, ten. Oh, tenfold for sure you gotta not be afraid to invest in yourself and also the dedication you have to your craft like <laughs> to constantly be learning and growing but also to put in the work you're like I want to get into concerts free how am I going to do this okay I figured out how to do this yeah, now, that yeah. I can, now that I can do this how can I get to a point like you're at a point now where you can kind of request you know oh, obviously yeah. it didn't happen overnight but it's because you were dedicated even though you worked a full day in your PT world you came home and sent those few emails um, and then the other thing I wrote down, which is one of my biggest lessons that I've learned from one of my clients is you get a hundred percent of the things you don't ask for. Oh so yeah. All you have to do is ask. They could say no and that's yeah. fine, but yeah. it's a 50, 50 chance. So you might as well, you know, you might really as well only need one. Yes. Like, yeah. you know, you send out that hundred and I, I learned that from Gary Vee and mm -hmm. it was like, you send out the hundred, you just need that one. Yes. And I, I'm, he he re like man like in terms of like business and entrepreneurship and that stuff or just that grind and hustle he the way that he taught me to just provide value for people and especially if you're going to ask people for stuff I feel like people man and like when I you you see it too as you're coming up and you're like people trying to look at you and be like how do I do this or how can I get into that and I'm like yo you just honestly you, just, you really just got to put in the work and be you have to be okay with I'm cool with giving more than receiving mm -hmm. because I know what I'm capable of. Mm -hmm. And also because I just, that's just who I am. And so, and I don't, I think part of that is too, is coming um, from a place of, or like growing up in um, a community of service. And that's how I, like, for me, that's like my love language and how I, uh, you know, operate in the world is through service. And so, I mean, through my professional career and like my personal life. And so, I'm always been, all right, like, how can I help you? And if I'm going to ask you for something, I'm always going to provide you with way more value in some way, you know? Amazing that you have that intention uh, at all times. Because <laughs> I'm not that way at all. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> at all. So, like, I'm amazed listening. Like, my other friend, Miles, who I interviewed the other day before you, like, he really, both of you are coming from such a place of service to others. And yeah. he has the same kind of mentality. I'm like, that's not, that does not come naturally to me. Mm -hmm. um so it's really amazing but I want to I want to transition to to my last question for you which is obviously like we just talked about your come up in the photography game and all that kind of stuff and mm -hmm. that has now culminated into a book oh, yeah so, long overdue for real, so for real what tell me like uh and uh, tell me quickly like what was the process how long did like when did the idea first come how long did it take and I already put in my pre-order shout out robintoison.com we're gonna put it link it I appreciate, you, I appreciate you um because I'm excited I love a good coffee table book I love photography um but tell us a little bit about like that process and what it means to you to have this book it is my first um photo coffee table book it's cool because it's it's a it's I guess transformed into something I, I didn't think I would do initially which is to write because I have original writings and in, in like journal entries in it which is super vulnerable but like you know I, I I said I wanted to grow as a writer and, and that's something that I always felt like I was weakest in and so but I would always like journal and whether it's in an actual journal journal or in my notes in my phone so um, I really wanted to make it something that was more than pictures, something mm -hmm. you could read and like have, you know, uh, visual. Um, I mean, some of the pictures go together with the words and some don't, 
but basically something where you can read and see pictures. And I liked that combination. And um, one of my homies, he had uh, helped me out because he really set the blueprint for uh, creating a book. And so shout out to Chu because he also provided me with the uh, software, like what he used. I also use same publisher. And so uh, I published through Blurb, that's the publisher. So you basically- You who, sorry? Um, Blurb, B-L-U-R-B. So if you ever want to look into self-publishing, yes. they're a great place to start. And the software that they use, um, it's called Bookwrite and it's super easy to use. Um, and so that's what I used. And uh, honestly, the process was a lot faster than I thought it would be. Nice. So there's two parts. So one, it's user-friendly and that um, the way that I was able to play and learn, watch a few YouTube videos, I just noticed your dog. <laughs> What's up? Well, Juno has arisen. Uh, <laughs> I know, it looked like you just woke up like me a few minutes ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, in my mind, when I was going to make it, I thought that it would take like, two months or like a really long process for some reason um but I started it I think like the last day of January maybe first like the actual process as soon as I got the the software I started and then I was pretty much done with the initial draft within two weeks wow amazing and then really done like the book in hand like the prototype within a month and so, but I think part of that too, though, why it took or why it happened so quickly was also because in terms of the work, a lot of those photos are, are not even like current photos that mm-hmm. I've had the I've content. Heard, I've had it always like throughout the years, you know what I'm saying? So like the pictures and then um, in terms of the pictures, it was just finding out which ones I wanted to use. Mm-hmm. So going through hard drives, um, you know, not finding a certain hard drive and just kind of working with what I had what felt what felt authentic to who I am today because there were some pictures I liked, but I didn't feel that I felt so far from it and that it was like all right with what I'm trying to do with this book I want it to be people are like oh what's the book about I'm like uh I don't know like life my life <laughs> like uh it, it's a it's a You'll see Houston stuff. You'll in terms of photos. You'll see traveling stuff. You'll see vintage stuff. Those are like a lot of like who I am and like um, pictures of my remembrance. Because you're trying like like how did that title come about? Did you know the title from the start or? Um, I it was tough. I was like, what do I want to do? Like titles are always hard, you know. And and so I I definitely sat with it for a minute. It wasn't until I had a few more pictures and like. Uh, pages to the book that I came through with the title um I, I've always liked things that are easy to um remembrance I so I'm big on words and language and uh honestly I have to shout out my Lola because she's really like the reason why I used that title um so it's it's so silly but the reason why I call it remembrance is because when I was still living at my mom's house uh, my room was next to my Lola's room Lola and, is, is Filipino for grandma. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, my, gra- my grandma, my grandma's room is next to mine. And she's 90 plus years old, still, like, you know, sharp as ever. And so she would always, like, come into my room or, like, you know, check on me. And we're super close. And so when she would go through her belongings, she would always, like, find something. And she mm-hmm. would want to, like, 
gifted to her, like her, her uh, grandkids or whoever, right? So she, she would often like come into my, you know, knock on my door or like just walk in and then she'd be like, oh, do you have this? Or do you have, I'm like, no, what you got? And then she would, she would show me something, whether it was like uh, a, a piece of jewelry, like a, a rosary, a, a, a piece of clothing, and uh, she'd be like, here, do you want it? And sometimes I would just kind of play along, you know, and like take it. And she's like, here, like remembrance, like it's just super Filipino. And like, she would use that word and mm -hmm. I could hear it in her voice and tone. And it's just not really something that people say. And so- You say it with the accent, it makes a lot of sense. It does, it does because I, of I, like, and so- remembrance yeah like remembrance. <laughs> yeah. yeah to remember her by right yeah. and that's the, you know it's the act of remembering something and I like language and I like words that maybe people aren't you know that people hear too often and I'm always trying to expand my own vocabulary and so uh it just felt right it starts with an r like my yeah. name starts with an r her name starts with an r it oh. just felt right and I I kept it there and and you know as I would you know play around with more pages and uh develop the book more nothing else really uh felt okay. right in, in terms of it's in its place and so um That's even cute. like the the cover of the book too like 59 it's like highway 59 which is one of the main freeways here in houston and like uh it's funny i took that picture five years ago and mm -hmm. i wasn't even living off of 59 like i am now mm -hmm. and it's just so crazy because in the picture what if you like if you really uh look at the photo you'll see my exit to my apartment. Mm -hmm. And like, I wasn't even living there when I took that photo. And it's just kind of crazy how that- Beautiful full circle moment. Yeah, it's just like little things that tie in together. And you're like, how funny. Like, I never thought I'd, you know, be living off, you know, in the inner loop of, you mm -hmm. know, kind of Houston, let alone this type of apartment that I'm super grateful for. And uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It just felt right. It felt right. I made the book because with me trying to move, um, I don't know, like a, having a body work, nothing for one beats the, the tangible. And like, you can look at pictures all day on a screen and like in your phone. But to me, and especially growing up with a, a, a parent, a family who had hella scrapbooks and like photo, photo books, nothing beats pictures. And so. Um, I love yeah. the way that you are honoring not only yourself and everything that you do have been, you're talking about that you've produced and you do, but you're also honoring your family. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, who would I be without them and their sacrifices that they've made? And so, uh, yeah. And like, I just thought it was cool. It's so fun. It's, it's super Filipino when I think about it, but like when I would share the title with other friends who didn't even know the story, like a lot of people don't even know how I made the title. Cause I still plan on making a, a, a video to why, like, and how I made the book, nice. but, um, yeah, it just felt right. And uh, I like it. And it's, uh, it sounded cool. And it felt right. And so again, like the book was supposed to be a reflection of who I am today at 34 and um, 2023. And I guess uh, the things and the people around me, my thoughts, and uh, how I feel like I carry my life, you'll, you'll see it and read it. I really am excited for you to read it. Because I definitely think uh, not only the pictures, but mostly the words and like the things that I wrote. I feel like I, I'm looking forward to see what resonates with people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, 
I'm, I'm just ready to get it in people's hands and see how to do it better in that process. It definitely won't be the last book. There's yeah. definitely way, way more ideas I'm trying to put out in magazines and like other forms of mediums of, of art. So uh, that's just the beginning. It really felt like the beginning of a new season in my creativity and, and me making sure I prior, prioritize that. Cause there, man, I remember 2022 and 2021 I was just working so hard uh, doing my physical therapy stuff that I really didn't get to make time for like my art. Right. And I think that's why where a lot of like anxiety or feeling like, uh, like I wasn't in, in tune with myself. Cause if I'm not creating, I don't know, I just don't feel whole. And uh, I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> so I really got to prioritize it now. And maybe that's part of my self care. I think you yeah. know, the act of creating. Yes. And, and being in a state of like creating or collaborating and connecting with people really that's what that's what uh where I feel like I'm at and like that's a good life for me I so. love that I appreciate that where can everyone support you and get your book <laughs> so it's funny so with the book right now uh it's technically like I don't say limited mm-hmm. um so that's why like I was pushing the pre-order yeah um you can technically get it later. It would just cost you more. And so the reason that the book is currently at $75 retail. Mm -hmm. And so um, because I had to do the pre-order to do it as like a mass order through publication, that's where I was able to keep the price. Right. Right. Like to be truthful and keep it honest, like I'm really not making profit off of this. (laughs) No one, no, no one realizes that truly most of the time you don't. Yeah. And so, but I want to care about the project so much. I just want to, it got to make sense. Right? right. And I'm also like, currently, I'm currently unemployed. <laughs> so it's like, but it'll show me that you can make anything with whatever, you know, like you're, you know, when you're, your journey too, I'm like, yo, I'm not even working right now, but man, the creative, the creative front is like, we just nonstop right now. I, so. I want, I wish I weirdly miss the pandemic. Right. Because look at how far I was able to go with my art in that time, because yeah. I was focusing just on that. Yeah, so, yeah. um, I'm excited to get your book. I cannot wait to read. I think that level of vulnerability is really brave. So congratulations. Thank you. I will definitely be sharing it. Um, I have to go literally in six minutes. Oh, yeah, you're good. So, but com. that is my creative website and like for future stuff. So, yeah. And then you can follow me on my Instagram as well. But that's pretty much the main place. What's, and your, then, what's your Instagram handle? Uh, so it's at R-O-B-Y-N. T-U-A-Z-O-N at Robin Twazon. And then my website is robintwazon.com. And that's pretty much going to be the hub of all my creative work. So I got to yeah. do that. I'm in the process of trying Thank to- Thank you, Joe. I know you got to go. Me too. I appreciate you. And um, let's do this again. Come back online so that I can ask you more questions. Yes. <laughs> Level, again, the collaboration. Yeah, always, always. It's I I appreciate you and I, I honor you for just taking this on and so bravely and- I know you're going to kill it in the way that you move. So I'm excited to see that. And if I can support you in any way, please let me know. You're doing it right now by participating in that. You've already done it. You were with me at the beginning. It's (laughs) an honor, truly. (laughs) When I, when I, um, just to close out for artists, you know, like, like you're saying right now, you're unemployed on the, on the professional, that side of things, but your creative profession is like skyrocketing. I'm definitely struggling with like, oh my God, I haven't, I don't, I'm not painting regularly like I was before. But I, what I keep thinking about was like, you know, when Beyonce or Rihanna take a break mm-hmm. and 
between albums that doesn't make them any less of an artist if they're not yeah. doing it and they're usually still creating i think yeah and, and i've done some, i'm doing creative things this is a creative thing in a different way yeah. i'm working on getting my art in a show next month you know taking oh, yeah. the content that i already have kind of like you and yeah. putting it out there because my art sitting in my storage unit is not doing anyone any good yeah, yeah. I think that's what, like as artists and creatives it's an act of being and so everyone should read Rick Rubin's The Creative Act like it will change your life if you're an artist if if you if I leave you with anything yes. read the book Rick Rubin The Goat The Creative Act which released yeah. in January if you do any type of work it will change your life I guarantee you and they give you a different perspective on artists and creativity and uh it's it's such a it's one of the best books I've ever read oh. <laughs> I'm going to add it to my Amazon cart as soon as we yeah. hang up. Thank you, Robin, for your time. No, I'm excited. And uh, yeah, talk to you soon. Much yes. love. Bye.